Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh and welcome back to your program Madrasa on A Developing Islam in Me. I'm your host Yasmina Peterson along special guest in studio none other than Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams and we are going to be in your company up until 4 o'clock inshallah and do know that the lines are open for you to send through your comments as well as your questions to 072-238-0712 alternatively you can send it through via SMS to 47913 just before I go along to greeting Sheikh in studio there's just a gentle reminder for you the golden hour luncheon that's going to be taking place at uh, on the 22nd of April 2017 that's going to be at the Greenhaven Islam Darul Islam Hall in Greenhaven the time is going to be at 12 p.m. to 5 p.m. and ticket prices is going to be 200 rand per person and the corporate tables are going to be 3000 rand per table however if you want to know more information you can definitely give us a call at our reception desk on 021-442-3500 alternatively you can also get your tickets from Taz Boutique in Gatesville their contact details is 021-633-1367 let me repeat that's the golden hour lunch in 2017 as we honor our aged the golden hearts and the date and the venue is at number two is the 22nd of april 2017 from 12 p.m to 5 p.m and that's going to be taking place at the darul islam hall in greenhaven also not to forget the madrasa workshop that will be taking place on the 26th of april and that is at the linda here masjid in mitchell's plain from 3 to 5 p.m definitely bring a friend along and we'll hope that you'll see you there sheikh assalamu alaikum وعليكم السلام ورحمة الله وبركاته ما شاء الله الحمد لله وحده والصلاة والسلام على من لا نبي بعد رب شرح لي صدري ويسيد لي أمري وحل العدة من لساني يفقه قولي اللهم علمنا بما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وارزقنا علما يا ذا الجلال والإكرام السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته الحمد لله thanks and praises you to Allah till always and forever And love and salam to our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the last and final messenger of Allah Ta'ala, whom Allah Ta'ala have sent to guide you and me, to guide humanity to the best of this world and the best of the Akhirah. Allahumma salli wa sallim alayhi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa ajma'in. May Allah grant us, you and me, and all of us to be able to be part of that Nabi. And his flag, Yawm Al-Qiyamah, when Allah will give him the honor to be able to make shafa'ah on behalf of everybody in the, of the Muslim Ummah. May you and be, me be part of that. Allahumma amin ya rabbal alameen. Um, obviously, as we're doing our lesson, the first we're doing knowing my Lord. We just need to actually start with our dua at the beginning. Allow us to do that all together. A'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan ar-rajim. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. الحمد لله رب العالمين والعاقبة للمتقين والجنة للموحدين ولا عدوان إلا على الظالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا ومولانا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا فإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين اللهم جئنا من الذين يستمعون القول فيتبعون أحسنه برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين ربنا زدنا علما ورزقنا فهما برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا أذاب النار وادخلنا الجنة مع الأبرار 
يا عزيز يا غفار يا رب العالمين إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وأصحاب وبارك وسلم سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين الحمد لله In dealing with the, the, the section Knowing My Lord, we ended off last week on the issue of Nabi Musa and his people. We dealt with a situation where Nabi Musa, uh, where Fir'aun first and foremost, Allah shows the greatness and the glory of Fir'aun, and then we went into the issue of the birth of Nabi Musa, went to the if, if, the extraction of where Allah shows us what happened when Allah tested his mom and his family and how that has an effect on the, the issue that Allah grants this child to be put onto the, the, the river and he goes off into the river and Allah allows Fir'aun to see this child, to see the, the basket and wishes to be able to get to the basket and his wife and the one says I would want the basket because he sees the greatness and the beauty of what he sees from the distance and the wife says to him okay you can have the basket and I will have whatever is in it and she didn't know what is in it Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah and we then see how Allah allows her at the moment when Fir'aun opens the basket to see there's a little baby in realizing that it's when he saw that the baby is a son he, he immediately went to the child he wanted to kill the child and she stopped him and she said but there's a good relationship between the two of them the husband and the wife she didn't have any children prior and oh no she didn't have Allah didn't grant her any children and she immediately said to him because her, his love for her he allowed her to be able to say let's take this baby as a child for the two of us And they take the child and subhanAllah and, and this is all how Allah plans it to be for Nabi Musa to be able to enter into that position and come and stay there. And we, remember we mentioned to you how Allah Ta'ala placed it in the heart of the mother, the pain of the departure of the baby. But said to her, don't worry. Allah Ta'ala said to her, don't worry, I will send you back or the child back to you. And Allah grants this for them to happen through the process of the child being accepted. And then uh, when, she sent, when she sent the basket off onto the river, she actually sent the daughter off to the side just to look at, see where she can find that. Right? Where is it going to? And subhanAllah, the daughter, the, the, daughter uh, Mar, uh, the sister of Nabi Musa, his name is Maryam, and Maryam runs off to the side of the river and sees how what happens where Fir'aun sticks to this she gets her way into the, the castle where many other people is and a lot of people has now been invited to be able to ladies who's been been breastfeeding because this baby don't want to stop to cry and he is not taking to anybody until Allah grants her to say to the mother to the to them in the castle that Allah Ta'ala Oh, no, no, that she knows a family whenever this family puts her breast to any baby, then she calms the baby. And then they say to her, then please get us this baby, get us this mother. And subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah, it so happens in that case where the mother of Nabi Musa comes back. Now in the relationship for our understanding, you and me, in this issue, 
up till here where this happens, we find that Allah Ta'ala has tested the family of Nabi Musa, not Nabi Musa only, but and Allah mentions this to you and me, so you and I can see Allah has tested the family, the mother of Nabi Musa and the family of Nabi Musa, they were all tested because of the fact that they were submissive to Allah Ta'ala. Now we and you and I know that when we want to be Muslim, Allah is going to test us and we need to persevere with those tests of Allah. May Allah open the path for all of us that we, that we actually develop and grow to the extent of recognizing the test in our life, whatever happens. And Allah might test us with our families as well. May Allah grant us what is best for our dunya and best for our akhirah. Alhamdulillah, the voice there of Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams in our first segment being Knowing My Lord. And if you have just joined us, then Assalamu alaikum to you and don't worry, you have not missed out a lot. So now Sheikh is going to be continuing inshallah. Do know that you can send us through a WhatsApp as well as an SMS if you have any questions with regards to what she has been mentioning. Sheikh Tafatul. Shukran Jazakallah Khair for that one and Yasmina. Alhamdulillah, just before the break we, we were speaking on what happened in the life of Nabi Musa as a capturing of what we did last week and I'm just bringing that to our relationship as to what is happening. Remember in this uh, topic of knowing my Lord we are dealing with the uluhiyah of Allah and we said the uluhiyah of Allah is dealing with how do we submit to Allah when Allah gives us challenges or when Allah guides and directs us to things are we in uh, those people who wants to do and live that yeah Allah has shown the mother of Nabi Musa and his, uh, the family of Nabi Musa was tested by Allah because of their submission to Allah. So Allah chose them to be the, the family, the appearance of Nabi Musa. And Allah then put them through the test. Now can you imagine, like we said, any mother who's given birth to a baby and the baby is young and new. Can you imagine that by the command of Allah you need to put this baby onto a river bank? On the river and the river must take the baby away you don't know where this baby can just go to and what can probably happen a million and one things just imagine a crocodile on the river just imagine the river begets it gets tough and rough and and, and kicks his baby or shoots his baby out of the the, the the cradle so a million and one things can probably happen this mother allowed puts it into her heart and she feels convinced but almost like any other woman fearful frightening also have the wonder of and begging allah in her heart will allah protect and she allows but she knows if she holds to the baby what could probably happen the 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 king and the family could come there and they could see that this is a baby that was a boy baby and you did not expose us to the information so they'll kill the baby but she firmly believes that allah's guiding and allah puts that into her heart and allah takes the baby away Allah grants Fir'aun to meet up with a, with a cradle, grabs it, takes it because he's impressed of what he sees from outside. And Allah grants the wife of Fir'aun to be with him at that moment, who didn't have children, and then calls for the fact that she wants what's in the cradle. And he gives permission to that, and then when they get to it, subhanak, the amazement for him to note the cradle, but to also see this baby and almost want to kill the baby because immediately he sees a child, a baby. Allah grants it to be in his 
relationship with his wife to such an extent that he now suddenly feels that yes she calls for this baby and she she wants a baby for all the time that they've been living together they want she wanted a baby but Allah didn't grant her a baby and here for the first time here this child gets to to her presence and she says says to him cannot can't we take this baby as a child of our own and we rear him for us and subhanak Allah grants him that now Fir'aun had more than one wife he had more than one wife, as we said, and uh, um, he didn't have a child as, at that moment yet. So yes, for him to be able to know, or as it has been said, his wives had uh, pregnancies, or some of them children was given to, but the children died and they didn't live. And for them, there is the belief that a son must be born so that they can have a follow-up of the, their progeny, of, of their progeny to develop furthermore. So. Yeah, uh, um, Allah grants the situation where she goes for the baby and she accepts the baby and his love and care for his wife is of such a nature that Allah grants Fir'aun to accept the fact that having the baby in our house and okay now this can be a baby but the baby opens up a new chapter in their life Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah and Allah Ta'ala grants the mother to be able to be the person to feed them, the, this baby again. And subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. They do not, Maryam does not inform the people that it's, it's, it's her mother. She doesn't inform the the people, the, the people of the castle that it is, he's, he's, that's Musa's uh, uh, mother. She just has just informed that this mother would be able to put any baby to her, to her breast and the baby would be able to, to, to take to this woman. Subhanak, and obviously when Allah granted the mother to come back and Nabi Musa was granted the opportunity to go to the breast of his own mom he went to his mom and he enjoyed from his mom and now this because the situation was this baby was crying and crying and nobody could silence his baby and this baby was almost like taking over the process of the of the castle and no, everybody in the castle got bu- busy only to pay attention to what this baby want. They've done everything possible, what we would do today, to probably find the means of contentment for the baby. We brought in doctors and this, that, and the other. Um, but unfortunately, it wouldn't work. And here, Allah grants the mother to be brought back, and Allah joins the mother and the child again. So the dua, that, or the, the instruction that Allah puts in the heart of the mother to say to her, do, do not worry, I will bring you back to this child, or bring the child back to you. Allah grants his mother that. What I want to actually let us to our challenges in the day and time, and the challenge of many parents, when Allah challenges, how much are we prepared to when we are being guided by Allah, that we want to fulfill that, one. Two, when Allah grants us the challenges that there is, which normally happens, Allah says, life is all about challenging you. We will definitely gonna put you into challenges. But shayimna al khawf at time we're gonna give you fear, while Jew at times we can give you hunger, wa min al amwal we at times gonna remove from you your wealth. Wal amfus or we're gonna lessen the quality of your wealth and we can remove of your families away from you. But then Allah says, Wa bashir is sabirin, but glad tidings needs to reach those people who perseveres. Those people who can recognize my challenges is a norm. But if you can persevere my challenges, my reward is so much more greater. Allahu Akbar. Alladheena idha asabatum musiba. Allah says those people whom when we give them the challenges, they say, 
inna lillahi Oh Allah, we come from thee. Wa inna ilayhi rajiun. So no matter what you challenge us with, we ought to only but return back to you, Allah. So if that is the all, all, all the purpose and the reason for our whole life, living here to only go back to you, so no matter what your challenges is, we will meet up with you, and there when we meet with you, our rewards will be granted on the basis of the fact that we could persevere the challenges of this dunya. We are not meant to live this dunya. We meant we are created to be able to live in the akhirah. But the akhirah has gone one or two abodes. Those people who were ready to be able to submit themselves to Allah and His Rasul and wanted to be able to face the challenges and persevere those challenges, then the rewards for them is extensive in the year after. May Allah grant you and me to understand and try to our best do that. The other group of people who is not prepared to want to take the, the, the difficulties of, of this dunya and they do not want to be able to persevere. They want a luxury life. They want everything to just be easy and they don't care what they will. They, 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 they're looking at this world as the reason. And because the reason for us created here is not to be able to enjoy the dunya and the dunya only, we can take of this dunya and use of this dunya for the benefit of the akhirah. Then Allah will grant us the reward of the, the, the akhirah plus what we've done whatever Allah has increased for us or placed for us in the akhirah that they will be like Jannah there will be multitudes of benefits because we persevered the dunya may Allah grant us khair and barakah and so you and I can understand it only doesn't ha- happen to the anbiya only it doesn't happen to the people only it also happens the test of Allah to the families of the anbiya and here we see most probably one should just relate to us you remember the birth of Nabi Ibrahim He was born, immediately he looked like a child of six years old. But this was a challenge. And his mother had to give birth to him amongst the mountains. Subhanak la hawla wa la When she brought him back to his house, he appeared to be a ten-year-old child. This is Nabi Ibrahim. Allahu Akbar hamd. These are the things that Allah, as we can see, Allah's even challenged the mother of Nabi Ibrahim. Like Allah's challenged the mother of Nabi Musa. But so, Allah has challenged many people and the Anbiya and the special people, Allah has challenged them. And most probably we could go into many of those. Unfortunately for now, we need to carry on to where we are in the subject matter. We, we, we've seen Nabi Musa now gets to stay and stays in the palace of Fir'aun and he gets reared in the palace of Fir'aun and as he's been reared in the palace of Fir'aun in his rearing Allah grants Nabi Musa all the gifts a person can be given of what happens to a child living in a palace he's get everything everything but Allah also puts him into challenges or grants him to become a challenge to Fir'aun and it becomes a challenge to Fir'aun to the extent that the people around Fir'aun are constantly saying to Fir'aun, you remember your dream that you had about that baby who's going to be born to be able to take over your kingdom? You remember that? It very much appears as if this baby is a child. See the way he pulls you. See the way he addresses you. See the way he handles you. He's still a baby, but to such an extent that Fir'aun become with this idea that yes this child could probably be that child you know what he did he then created the situation that we found we allow gold in the presence of this child and he brought warm burning coals but the cold coals are still burning in the presence of this child and he gave both to them 
and the nature of they allow the child to be tested to see whether this child has got the capacity to identify the gold or the coals because the coals is burning and is glowing and he saw the, the the gold is on the other side now he this was the test that was given to to, to nabi musa as a young child and as this test allah allows it would have been that they wanted to see what the intellectual power is of this baby. Does this baby have the capacity to identify quality and good? And the nature of the child would have gone for the gold. And then unfortunately, as the child uh, uh, wanted to go for the gold, Allah sent the malak to be able to remove this child's hand away from the gold, and he went for the coals, and he placed the coal in. Like what any baby would do, he puts it into his mouth. And subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. Fir'aun gets upset, and now he gets upset with his, the people around him, and he says to them, look at what you've done. He blames them for the reason. But he did this to the child. And Allah allowed Nabi Musa to have a lisp on his voice thereafter, as what we find later on in history that deals with Nabi Musa as the dua that he makes and speaks to Allah. But now um, the child has put this thing into his mouth and it now affected his mouth. And Allah has allowed this to happen only to remove this concern of Fir'aun. But this child grows up, develops in the presence and in not long after the birth of Nabi Musa or the, the presence of Nabi Musa in the palace of Fir'aun one of the other wives of Fir'aun gives birth to a baby a son for the first time and this son is very much not very older than not very much younger than Nabi Musa but he grow, they grow up together almost like twins and everything happens with the two of them being close to, to one another and Nabi Musa enjoys everything and and every time there would be a reason that Fir'aun would be reminded, then the, the, this woman who was accepted to be the mother of Musa, the, 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 the wife of Fir'aun, her name is um, Asiya. Now Asiya has been obedient slave of Allah, and Allah has put her obedient slave. Originally she was not of the Fir'aun's family. She was a, a, a Israelite whom Allah's granted and she comes from a family that's guided her to the righteousness Fir'aun got married to her because was, he was just impressed with this beautiful girl and Subhanak and Allah wanted for her to be able to be on the right path Nabi Musa was the one that she was taken, she is the, the wife was taken to Nabi Musa and she then assisted and reared him and every time Fir'aun wanted to be able to go against his baby then she would be the protective person and Allah granted her to be able to go through issues which we will be dealing with later on as to when we see how the situation goes uh, um, for what happens to her in her life Allah then shows us the process in the Holy Quran we're dealing here now with the youth of Nabi Musa he grows up like any child with all the excitement and the happiness and the greatness and the glory that happens to a child in the, in the palace um, and the two of them were like uh, the, the, the kids of the palace and they're almost like twins and everything they do together and Allah Ta'ala grants some challenge to come into Nabi Musa's life and now he develops up to up to what we call his of adolescence just the beginning of his adolescence he's uh, uh, um, uh, or we would say he's, he's the beginning of his teens or in the mid-teens and it so happened Nabi Musa seems to be a very healthy young strong person and it's 
And then he starts to get, because in his growth, he gets exposure to his mom and his sister very much. And they constantly remind him of where he comes from and who he is. And his role that he needs to show support. And he should not use any forms of powers that has been given from the palace to be able to use against the Israelites. Now the mother would constantly, and the family would constantly remind him of this. And subhanak So one day Allah Ta'ala tests him and Allah Ta'ala shows us the test. And most probably, I, I would just like to tell us, I would suggest we do the reading uh, of this in, in the Quran, in Surah Qasas, which Allah Ta'ala says to us, Surah number 28, verse 15 to verse 21, where Allah speaks of the time when Allah Ta'ala tests this young man. What then happens? He comes one day. And now he, he knows the exposure of his people. And he understands that. And then he meets up with two people in a fight. And when he sees the two people fighting, he uh, uh, goes up and he wants to just stop the fight, bring the, the fight to an end. And unfortunately, in the process of wanting to stop the fight, and wants to be protective that no harm can be done to any one of the two. And he feels the uncomfort of his own people because there's a person of the palace of Firaun's family against a person of the Israelites. And obviously now he would want, because he, he, he is of the palace himself, now living in the palace, but at the same time he has this emotion for the person that's an Israelite, so he wants to calm and stop the whole process. And unfortunately, in the process of wanting to defend and protect, he gives a, 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 a means to stop the process or to break them apart. And in that, he, he leaves a, a blow, and that blow, unfortunately, hurts the person where the person dies on the spot. Subhanak. Shukran so much for that, Sheikh. We are going on to our second part of the program, being I am a Muslim, what is expected of me. And yes, she will be continuing as to where Sheikh stopped last week, just to give a refresher to the memory, Sheikh Tafatal. Shukran jazakallah khair. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillah. Wahda wa salatu wa salamu ala malla Alhamdulillah, our people, we are in the next segment called I am a Muslim, so what is expected of me? We are dealing on the subject matter of Salah and the issues that is the prerequisites for Salah. We've completed a few of those issues that is to deal with the uh, um, prerequisites. We did the Istinja, we did the, the uh, Wudu, we are now busy in, the, the segment, in this segment, we're busy with the Ghusl. And we've gone to the beginning of the Ghusl, we dealt with what makes the Ghusl obligatory. We've done that, and we've there shared with you a certain amount of factors there. Alhamdulillah, and then we went on to the essential components of the Ghusl. And in that section we said to you, we dealt with the importance in this section in last week. The intention that we need to have as a Muslim, always with every act that we do it for the sake of Allah Ta'ala. And then, but remember we said to you, when it comes to intention, yes, you and I, when we were much younger, we were given the exposure that you need to say certain words. Now, first and foremost, I want to let us understand, the hadith of the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, which is the only teacher to man, which is the teacher to man, which is the teacher that gives the most 
most important aspects to man. He taught, taught us it's all about our heart and the purity of our heart when you do an act. And that niya is 100% perfect. If I can say to you 100,000% perfect, it's totally perfect. There's absolutely no wrong. When you say no word, not a single word, or in Kosa, in Zulu, in French, or in Latin, in English or in Arabic, if you say no single word, but it, it's, it's a purification from the heart, your niya is totally perfect, right? So the niya has got nothing to do with words that you need to say. Sometimes we ha have had words, and I'm speaking as a, when I was much younger as a child, and I've heard people saying that they're saying the niya for the ghusl, nawaitu usalli fard al ghusl. Now wait to I intend usalli to salah the fard of ghusl. Now what is God's salah to do with that? But that is how many our people, and I'm speaking about now having listened to elderly people when this is the way they said the niya. Right? So if you say a word and if you don't say a word, it doesn't add anything. Our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, who is the teacher, the only teachers for to righteousness. And if anybody adds more than that, then unfortunately they are not teaching us what the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was teaching us. He is the teacher and every teacher, no matter who they are, need to teach us that what he came with sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And so our importance of our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said to us, every act that we do, no matter what act you ever will do, all the actions ever by man has got an intention. There is de a definite intention to it. And the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa just guided the saying to us, it depends on you and me whether we accept that to be a positive intention or a negative intention. If it's a positive intention, then positivity will be the reward for that. And if it's a negative intention, unfortunately, the rewards will be a negative reward for that. Now the Billah, may Allah protect all of us. And so the understanding of that, that the, 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 the essential components that we said, first the intention, may Allah accept from all of us, and that we always have positive intentions, that which comes from Allah and His Rasul, guiding us how to be able to make our intentions. Our Nabi says, if you intended to do positive things, then the reward will be positive, and if you intended to do anything other with, with no base and of not, no benefit for dunya, for deen, then unfortunately you will only be granted that what your intention is for. The second thing the scholar says to us, the fact that the water needs to reach every part of the body, right? Reaching the entire body is a necessity in our ghusl. When it comes to ghusl, every portion of the body must get wet. Whether it's your head, whether it's under the arms, uh, between the legs, or wherever it is, water must touch every aspect. Now the whole body must be, be must, must get wet. And if any portion of the body is not wet, then the ghusl is in, not completed and the person is not in the process of cleansing. Then now the billah. So it's a very important aspect that we understand that I must make sure in my ghusl that my whole body got wet everywhere especially I was you know uh, under the, the, the under certain portions or, or between certain portions of my body and 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 we have many move, uh, sections of our body uh, 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 the males has got certain portions of the body that there are certain aspects you must make sure that the water gets there and then the females very much the same in certain ways different they make up of their bodies in such a way that you cannot allow water just to run over 
it, if it runs over, there's nothing that runs be, be, uh, 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 underneath that. So they need to make sure, or we need to make sure that as males and females, that every portion of our body got wet and water reached there. And, and this is the reaching of the of water in the entire body is a fact that needs to happen when a person takes a rosal. Now that would refer to any ghusl, but more so specifically, when a ghusl is a necessity, it must be done, um, which we, which we, we, we were looking at uh, last week. Um, we're looking now for the fact that at the topic of what we say, or the subject called, which was the way that the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam performed his ghusl. And in that area, there we went to discussion of the fact that the various ahadith showed us our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in dealing with the ghusl, first and foremost washed his hands, and after washed his hands, now, most probably I should most probably just uh, allow us to understand in our day in time today compared to yesteryear. When I say yesteryear, to the time of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, we are standing today under a shower. Um, uh, 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 and this is where we take our, 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 our ghusl or our bath or our cleansing, right? In the time of the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam, there was no showers. So how did the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam take the shower, the, the the bath? They had number one buckets of water, right, or, 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 or whatever they had as 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 a container to be able to put in water. The water was in the container. And then they put their hand, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam put his hand, his right hand in the container, and the Nabi did a scoop in the container. He did his, with his right hand, a scoop, a scooping of the water from that, and he took that, that water to wash his hands with that. So that thereafter his hands can be clean for the use of that water for his ghusl, right? Now, what then happens after that, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would take from that water, and again, scoop of that with his right hand, and do what we say. The Nabi tells him, take off the scoop, a scoop of that water, and put of that water into his right, his left hand. And that water that was in left left hand, the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam would do what we would call the istinja. Remember, if the the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam had to wash him. Now, most probably, I'm going to share something here with you that we need to understand of what Islam allows with us in the process of ghusl. Shukran so much for that, Sheikh. We are by our second part of the program, being I am a Muslim. What is expected of me? And just before the break, you heard she speaking about ghusl as well as how a prophet. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam did that and now Sheikh is going to be continuing on that Sheikh Bismillah Shukran Jazakallah khair Shukran for that Auntie We were busy in the ghusl as the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa saying to us that the, the ghusl of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and how did the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam take that ghusl and we need to be able to ask ourselves am I performing the ghusl in the way the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam did that we were busy saying to you or reminding ourselves of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and we said the ghusl in the time of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was slightly different in the approach or the manner in which they did it not the ghusl itself a reference to the fact that they didn't have toilets the way we have or our bathrooms the way we have it in the modern day showers in the modern day so these are all favors that we have that was not present at that time of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam so the, the approach was slightly different but we need to look into that approach and see how can we today make value in the way the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa did that, right? First we said there was an intention 
where he said that the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa started to wash his hands first and then use of the water and then took off the scoop of the water put from the right hand and put it into his left hand and use that water for istinja purpose what we mean for istinjas the nabi washed his private parts right he washed his private parts and here especially was the fact that the nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam either had intercourse or had a wet dream and in those cases if any of those things happened then it was there was either wetness or whatever so the nabi cleaned that part of the body with his left hand and after washing his private parts with his left hand left hand the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would then take off the water and make what we would say uh, no 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 before what taking the water the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would also uh, cleanse his mouth with what we would call the uh, the miswak clean his mouth with his miswak and then rinse the mouth out and then go through the whole process of what we would do a wudu in a form for salah the wudu for salah that wudu the nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam would do meaning he would um, wash his mouth and rinse the mouth and then and, and, and rinse the nose nose and then the nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam would wash the face and then wash the right hand and then the left hand um, as we've described in the wudu and then uh, wash the, uh, um, the, the, the the head and then the, the ears and then wash the right uh, then, then the Nabi would stop the Nabi wouldn't wash the feet then the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam I'm, I'm, I'm terribly sorry I made a mistake I would just want to repeat I made a mistake I've now put things before the other forgive me uh, and let me just go over it again. We first said the Nabi would wash his hands, and after washing his hands, the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam would take off the water to do the istinja. And after the istinja, the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam would wash the body, would use water to run through the whole body, and wash the, the and the Nabi would use whatever there is that we would use in the present day called soap. Right? They would have had things of that nature to wash their body with that and thereby that would create the process to take off, off the body any of the impurities of the body um, that, that the body gave off. So all those things and the body then you wash the body with the whole body with, with soap and water and allow the, the, the water to, to run off the body and everything that those things off when that is at the end then the nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam would do the the, the wudu that the nabi would normally do for salah the nabi does the wudu and after the wudu when the nabi comes to the moment of having to do the feet of the wudu the nabi would not sallallahu alaihi wasallam would not do the feet but then go over and leave to the whole to the rest of the body and go through what we call the ghusl now with the intention to make sure that I go for the intention of purity and when that has happened the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam would wash the head the head three times make sure every portion of the head under the chin in between the ears and all that has been seen to and then wash the right hand side of the body three times and then the left hand side of the body three times and then at the very last the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam in practicality would wash the feet, the right foot and the left foot. What the Nabi did not do during the wudu period, the Nabi would now do sure just to sure that the fact that the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam stood somewhere where there was uh, the possibility of um uh, drops of water could, could get back to the to the feet of the Nabi, 
and the Nabi would use the washing of the feet very, very last. Um, so this is with the method of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa did the ghusl. And yes, in our modern day and time, we have what we call the shower. So how best can we use the shower in what has happened to the, the ghusl of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa We understand these things of how the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa did it, and we learn the lesson of how we can do that to the best of our ability. And you and I, under the shower, we can use the same method. So... The water runs now in the shower. Don't put the shower too hard. Um, uh, 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 open up the shower and you're going to take the the, 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 the whistle and you will start to wash your hands. And after you wash your hands, now obviously, um, the showers, the water, you're not... One of the reasons why the washing of the hands is an important factor, for one, um, in the time of the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, they did not have another thing, another scoop, and they used their hands to scoop the water. One. Two, there wasn't showers, so water didn't run upon them. And then secondly, they're going to use their hands and scooping from the, from the, the, the water in, in the basin or the, the, the container that they had it in. It's going to be, they're going to go their hand in those things all the time. And so that, that water can be used on themselves. But just the situation with the, the fact that the water is not running water, the scoop and using that water on their body and using that water to throw on their body becomes a norm. Becomes a norm in that process for them. You and I are not doing that today, right? So they didn't need to do that. They didn't need to do those type of things that we are going through. But we need to be able to see that our washing of our hands is because we're going to use our hands again for so many other things. And washing the rest of the body. And you remember your your, your, your hand could have gone through different processes through your sleep or the fact that you've been interactive with your partner. And then in that sense, you need to be able to wash the hands first and foremost. Because at the end of the day, the washing of the hands is still going to be absolutely normal. It's going to be a normal, natural act that we're still going to use our hands for the rest of the body and for the washing of the body. So the washing of the hands need to be a process where we, in actual fact, make sure that we wash the hands good. And after the washing of the hands, then we do the washing of the private parts. Now, we also know the advice of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa And even as we've seen in the reminder, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam washed the private parts with his left hand as a reminder for all of us that you use your left hand to wash your private parts. And after washing of the private parts, then we go to wash the body, soap and water, and you wash the body from the top, top to the bottom, you wash everything. And then that would normally be with soap and water or whatever other things that you use on the body. And then you go, your body goes through a rinsing. I'm speaking of us today. The rinsing that I'm speaking about is that you and I need to make sure clean water runs over the area where the soap and water is because that then takes off all the excess things of the body that it needs to come to an end. Shukran so much for that, Sheikh. We're going to our final program, our final segment being Leadership with Islam and its tradition. Sheikh Bismillah. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, we are now in our last segment, um, Leadership in Islam and its Progression. And Alhamdulillah, we've been in the subject matter last week. When we were in the subject matter last week, we were dealing with a section called Communication. And in that section of Communication, we dealt with the, 
we dealt with the process of how to be able to develop the listening skills and how to be able to develop processes of the self to become better persons dealing with the issue of um, from where we looked at the, in the process of that communication the types of communication that we have may Allah open the path for all of us inshallah so yes alhamdulillah we were looking at the issue where we said how do we actually develop ourselves and we look at certain things in the, 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 the lesson we were dealing with the listening skills loss and then we developed from the listening skills onwards to the other skills that followed thereafter may Allah grant khair and barakah inshallah we were on the process we were looking at how do we do some the cross-checking of information the scholars were busy trying to tell us and we were look, trying to tell you how can we probably look at some communication processes in the, some cross-checking and we would just want to share with us we did the ways of to communicate we looked at certain things with the, that was concerned and then we went over to the processes that we need to say how do we do that cross-checking now um, um, there's a in, in the process of cross-checking information and dealing with things here it's looking at how do we understand information and how do we recognize that we probably can misunderstand we probably can understand it in a certain way and not completely we sometimes need to just make sure that we have the full message by having to understand now we've been given certain examples here and I'm going to share these examples with you so that you can understand what we're saying here and and the question is going to be to you uh, to each and everyone listening and so that you can just use your mind because when you use your mind here yeah, you come to recognize but that means I don't understand it immediately or I could probably misunderstand now the fact that there is the probability for you to misunderstand you could misunderstand every message you and me right and so we just need to be real with ourselves by saying the possibility for me to misunderstand is so great I could so much misunderstand it that the words is clear but what does it capture now let's just listen to this one uh, they say to us in an example a man was driving with his son and got killed in an accident a man was driving with his son and got killed in an accident the son needed an operation but the surgeon said I cannot operate a man was driving with his son and got killed in an accident the son needed an operation but the surgeon said I cannot operate the patient is my son who is the surgeon Uh, 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 immediately you say but but this is uh, the, the, but the father was killed a man is was driving with his son this was and, and got killed so this is the father that got killed the son needed an operation but the son said I cannot operate the patient is my son that's what the, the person said I cannot operate because the patient is my son so who is the surgeon yes there is other options now the reason for us bringing this example to you I'm not asking you to be able to send messages back to the uh, uh, this is the answer this is, no that is we not a question and answer situation here it's just to allow us to understand that you and I need to think you and I need to know I've heard this 
So precisely who is, here we ask the question, who is it? So now you're going to think, put your mind into it. But the only thing I've heard, a man was driving with his son and got killed in an accident. The son needed an operation, but the surgeon said, I cannot operate it. Operate. The patient is my son. So that is, so the major question that we need to ask precisely who is this? Because when we ask the question, as I said, we don't want you to answer the question right now over the air or send it on, on, on the radio. Uh, what we want you to understand is look at my ability and capability of misunderstanding if I do not use my mind in having to ask the immediate questions. So precisely who is the surgeon? This is important. You've got information, but you don't have, we don't have the capacity to be able to meet. If, the, if so, nobody asks you the question, so who is the surgeon? You do, we tend not to think that way. And we do not analyze the processes completely and we could probably misunderstand. You and I need to recognize this is a reality. It's a great reality. It happens to everybody out there. Nobody can say, no, not me. Everybody, no matter who we are, each and everybody, we need to think. Because the, 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 the reason is, it could be many answers and everybody else could be right. Not necessarily me. I could be the wrong person. May Allah open the path, right? Um, in a next uh, message, right? Listen to this message. A man left his house. He put the keys in his pocket. A thief came and robbed the house. Now those are the effects, that the information that we get. Let me repeat it again. A man left his house and put the keys in his pocket. A thief came and robbed the house. The question is, how did the, 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 the thief enter? You and I would think he, got, got in, he entered through the window, he entered through the, 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 the um, what's his name, the, the roof or the set and the other. He entered through the door. The keys was in the, the, the uh, uh, pocket of the man, but the man did not lock the key because you and I didn't get that. It was just he took the keys and put it in his pocket. So the fact is, and as we said in the previous example, the person who says, but he's my son, I cannot do the operation, this is his mother. She's the, but now you think of the surgeon to be a male. And that's why you just say, oh, it can't be. But now, this is how we get information and probably could misunderstand. We get the information that the person had the keys, he put the keys in his pocket, but it didn't, we didn't get the information that he locked the door. For he did not lock the door, and this, that's how that Robert got, when he got to the door, he saw the door was open and he walked, walked in. But now, um, people, this is just to let us understand the sense of communication. When you and I need to understand not necessary every detail did I hear and understand, son. I got some in information and I draw certain conclusions myself. But my conclusions might not be right. Allah speaks to us about the issue. Allah says to us in the Holy Quran, Inna la yughni anil shay'a. Dhan, the word dhan, any dhan, anything that you draw as conclusion yourself, you draw out of your own mind. Yes, but it make, this makes sense. It can only be this. No, it cannot only be that. It has a billion and one different angles that you probably could find the answer. Not yours. Not your answer. Not mine. 
Now, what we're going to say, not, not my, mine or yours, is that Allah wants us to identify. Don't be hasteful to imagine you and I understand every detail. And we know, and it's exactly as I think, and it's precisely what I say. No, 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 no. Allah says, in the dhan, that which you draw as conclusion, that which you think in your mind, that that, that is right, it does not add to the truth anything. Allah says, Allah says, la yughghni anil shay'a. The reality and the truth, it does not add to that a single dot. Not that which you draw as conclusion. The reality and the truth might be something, but that which you draw as a conclusion might be very, very far away. As I said, could be a billion and one different things out there. And most probably if there is another person, he might have another view, different to yours and mine. So show that Allah wants us to understand that the reality of communication is you'd rather want to do the process of affirmation by having to say now if this case we know that this man had the key in his pocket and he left from his house and he left his house but how come um, did the, the thief get into the house the answer as we were given the answer is that the man forgot to cl- to lock his door he took the key but he forgot to lock his door. Most probably the key was not in the door. So he would just took the key and put it in his pocket to know that he's got the... But he forgot to, when he got to the door, to lock the door. So he just closed the door. So when the thief came there, he actually saw that the door was op- open. Open as not locked. Closed, but not locked. And he went, just went in. Uh, um, wanting to let us understand, uh, it's all about information here. It's all about understanding that we must not be quick to be able to derive certain things, come derive our own uh, things that we come to, and we say that is it. May Allah open the path. This is important in communication that we understand that. And, and then they give us an, an example, um, and, and they say to us, now you and I can probably do this to let us understand what happens. Take your family, take your family. They say to you, and then you write up a little message, a small story. And you create any, anything in the story that you want to. And then you take your family in a circle, put it in stand, all of them in the family, one or two families, or a few people at your work or your place where you are. And then you, the person who has written, written up the question, uh, the, 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 the story, you don't show it to anybody, you don't share it with anybody, but the person, and you put your... Everybody of the group that you have with you, about 10 people or so, you put in a circle and you whisper in the ear of the first person on your right hand side. And then when you've completed that, you say to that person, please make sure that you whisper the story over to the other person and so and so and so and so and so and it carries on. Do you know what comes out? But the, the issue is, it must come back to you and you must listen to the final story of the last person on your left-hand side. You start on your right-hand side to tell the story and it goes right under the circle and comes back to you. So when it comes back to you, you listen attentively to what is said. And then afterwards, you stand up and you show the reality of what your story was and what you've whispered to the first one. What has happened to that story? In your own family, in your people that work with you, in the, your friends, and you, 
you'd see that the norm of the situation is because you did not say this to everybody you said it only to the one whispering to him softly on your right hand side and as you've gone along that when it came back to you you came to realize but the story ended up in something different to where it started there's been things added or subtracted to the story right that's an absolute norm in the human life right and so the fact that it could be a distortion in the life of man that as stories goes on there's an addition being added or a subtraction in the process how real can be the fact that you reached you and me how real and f- and truthful or strong is the information that reached you and me so it's such an important factor in the issue of communication that I need to say this is my understanding and I when I say my understanding I mean my in the sense that I could have got the wrong information I could have been fed with a lot of misconceptions a lot of information that's not in the story no more that should have been there subtracted from this or things added or people giving their interpretation or their understanding to what it and I draw that to be a reality to be factual Islam teaches us that we're not supposed to be hasteful of having to listen to stories and accept it to immediately to be all truth and know that I as the human being has the capacity to not always understand all details. Thank you so much for that. I truly hope that you have benefited from what she has been mentioning in our topic or our segment being leadership in Islam and its progression. We are in our final segment of the program being leadership in Islam and its progression. And here she is going to be continuing as to where she stopped last. Sheikh, bismillah. Shukran, jazakallah khair for that one on the Yasmina. Just before the break, we were busy on this, some examples of letting us understand. And with no trying to be able to undermine anybody as, as, as the advice given to us by scholars but letting us understand if we do these little challenges then we come to see that this is how we can actually verify that which comes from Allah and as we've said Allah mentions to us in the Holy Quran when Allah says that verily that which you use for to deduct your own information out of the circumstances or what it came to you or to me what reached us and we draw our own deductions out of the information like for instance um because we, you and I cannot make such deductions. You and I, we cannot draw, draw any deductions in Islam. Allah says, it does not add to the reality anything. For all we know, that Ruwaida could be the daughter of Muhammad. For all we know, Ruwaida and, 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 and Muhammad could be brother and sister. For all we know, Ruwaida and Muhammad could be people assisting one another in a matter together. The one is a male and the female, but they're only doing their job and work. Now, you and I don't know, but we cannot and we may not in Islam, in the law of Allah, draw deductions. And that is what Allah wants to teach us in the issue of communication. Don't imagine that what you draw or what you saw or what you heard or the information that reached you, or the message that came to you, that is the ultimate and it's only the right. And you and I, and like Allah says, 
It doesn't. And remember the hadith that we shared with you in the words of our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He says, Kafa bil mar'i kathiban. Enough is it as sin. Kathib. And as lies, I'm sorry. Enough is it as lies, says the Nabi sallallahu alayhi Whatever he has heard from others that he just starts to speak about that. Right? May Allah protect us. Our Nabi wants to remind us, please, when you are quick to want to pass over information and you could not confirm or cross-check the information and the detail thereof, unfortunately, you might be able to harm yourself extensively and or you're going to be saddened at the very fact that when you acted un- unto that information, you then harmed others or you harmed yourself in the process. May Allah protect. May Allah open the f- and, and we're getting to the other aspect of communication. Uh, um, part of the, the, the process that they say to us is that, especially in the communication checklist, there is an issue of nonverbal messages. Now, sometimes I see somebody act using his eyes, using his body, or using their voice, and from that I deduct certain things. And most probably it's not to be found there. Um, so it's important that you and I need to look at uh, the body action. Now the body could be the head position, the face, especially the mouth, the eyes, the soldiers, the soldiers of the person, the posture, the movement, the action and the gestures, uh, gestures of the person, or even the dress of the person could give me a message which is probably has got nothing to do with what the information is the person shares with me. There could be a tone and voice, softness and loudness, or speech of the person speaking, slow and fast. There could be the, the, the space and distance of the person, the one standing from the other, or the way I see it from in my, the angle that I'm sitting or standing or looking at it. It appears that the person is very near to one another, the space between them, um, and, 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 and the fact that they could move in a certain way, I draw it from what I see, certain actions, I, I deduct certain information. Or I see people shaking hands, um, or the one touching the soldier of the other, um, or they're holding hands, or they hug one another, or they kiss one another, and I deduct that issues of the mis- my misinterpretation then comes from the fact that I've just seen these things and I did not verify the information because of the non-verbal language that there is and unfortunately I get the wrong impression and I set off the unfortunate that there is. That is the the, the, the non-verbal relationships or uh, uh, messages that I probably get and and, and, and the way I interpret them may Allah protect. And so we get to uh, the do's and don'ts of some of the communication processes that we are being informed with. Scholar says to us, when you are in a conversation with people, try to be able to make eye contact when listening to the person, especially if you are of the same gender. If you are of the same gender, males with males and females with females, then make eye contact with the person. Try to be able to see that you see everything and you understand from the message that which you could gather from even the body language of the person. And then they say to us, secondly, check for understanding and use of of paraphrase, meaning 
uh, check the fact that you really understand every detail and paraphrase. Paraphrase means you offer your understanding of what you've heard and you come and give that back. And then they also affirm with nods and gestures. Uh, uh, affirm that either with my nodding the head or certain gestures to be able that you've affirmed the reality. It is as such or no, because if you've affirmed in a certain way, the person would be able to get back to you to show you whether it's a yes or a no. Shukran so much for that, Sheikh. We are in our final few minutes of the program, and this is where we are still tackling the topic being leadership in Islam and its progression. And here, Sheikh will be continuing with Sheikh Stop Lashi. Shukran Jazakallah for that. Just before the break, we were on the section of um, the do's and the don'ts of communication, and they said to us um, things that we need to do is make eye contact when listening and check for understanding and use of paraphrase, affirm with nods and gestures, and, and, and then we said, uh, share the light notes with people. If they share a light note with you, share with them in the light note, which means if there's a little joke or a little bit of laughter, slight laughter, so, then you may be able to share with that. Right? Share feelings of sadness. If sadness is the, the topic or the issue or the subject must come through, then share those those, those sadness with the people and it says here yeah, get in get others involved in the conversation if if you're busy in a conversation and there's more than one person around try to get everybody in the conversation do not try to take over the conversation do not think that you are the person that knows it all and has it all remember you know some there's many more that know better and more than you and you have an opinion, the other opinions is so much more you can benefit and you can learn if you prepare to put into the process of that by having to involve others in the conversation and you are ready to want to give, uh, uh, to share your part as advice and guidance and at the same time you are prepared to want to listen to the advice and guidance of others, right? And they say graciously accept Opinions that are different. If the opinion is not your opinion, doesn't agree with what you are, accept that those op opinions, listen to it. Um, you might just find that your opinion is not, not the very best under the circumstances and there was better opinions that was actually offered. It's such an important aspect for us in the process of positive communication. And then the last point that they say to us, compliment always other people. Whenever anybody has said something good or has added something positive, you, you identify to that by saying shukran or thanks for that very good in, in, input there. Right? Um, those, are the, those are the do's. Then there's a few don'ts that's not recommended for us. And they say to us, interrupt when having a point to make. You only interrupt when you have a point to make, right? So don't always interrupt. Don't always want to interrupt. Interruption is not a good thing. But it's best before interruption that you actually give yourself a full listening process, that you've listened and understood the matter, that you've gone to the extent of paraphrasing or you've asked the question from the person to be able to make sure. Secondly, they say to us, um, don't ever ridicule what others say, even if it seems silly. Don't ever ridicule what others say. It means if somebody makes a statement and it seems to be a bit far-fetched, it doesn't make sense, don't ridicule. Um, you might just keep quiet and it's probably the best thing to do under the circumstances. 
Um, or you could probably, if you're not very happy with the statement, you could just probably say to the person, I don't really agree with that. And that's your opinion. Because uh, you have an opinion, everybody else has an opinion. And so if you don't necessarily agree, so millions of other people can not agree with your opinion. And this is what we need to understand in life, right? So we don't ridicule others. You can probably... The other factor is, we as Muslims in communication, we should not entertain gossiping. Because gossiping is not an accepted factor for us as Muslims. Gossiping is not what is permissible for us. So we don't speak ill of other people and we don't use the opportunities when we have people around us to speak about others. And have you seen this in Vijay van de JVT? Those are all the gossiping realities, and all those must be removed out of our communication. Total removal of that. The least you leave in, the more space you give to Satan to enter into your life, to corrupt your life, to corrupt your heart, to corrupt your soul, to corrupt your family, to corrupt your children, to bring facade and wrong into your life. And you will then later accept the wrongs because you've entertained it to be able to look at the lives of others and to find fault in them and to open up their weaknesses. Yet our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa teaches us that if you and I can grow to the development that we can protect when we see, when Allah exposes you and me to the wrong of others and we can use it to remain silent and to protect them and not say it to the world, Allah Ta'ala will protect you and me yawm al-qiyamah. It's all about the identification of the filth of gossiping and the, the, the harm of gossiping and the extent it goes. Now the reality of nature is when I go to the extent of speaking ill of others, the law of nature is I may not die. The law of Allah, I may not die unless others have done the same to me and they speak ill and insult and ridicule and tell the world of all my fault and all my weaknesses. And if not, if I get away with that, my children, my offspring, my family will be affected because of my bad mouth, because of my filthy mouth, because of the filth in my mouth that I have on my tongue and thinking nothing of what I say against others. May Allah protect all of us and guide us to what is best for our dunya and best for our akhirah. Time goes so very quick. We've reached the end. Let us make the final dua, insha'Allah. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. إِنَّ الْإِنسَانَ لَفِي حُسْرِ إِلَّا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ وَتَوَاصَوْا بِالْحَقِّ وَتَوَاصَوْا بِالصَّبْرِ وَصَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَى سَيِّدِنَا مُحَمَّدٍ وَعَلَى آلِهِ وَأَصْحَابِهِ وَبَارِكُ وَسَلِمَ سُبْحَانَكَ اللَّهُمَّ وَبِحَمْدِكَ نَشْهَدُ أَنْ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا أَنْتَ نَسْتَغْفِرُكَ وَنَتُوبُ إِلَيْكَ وَالْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ Alhamdulillah, I hope that you have enjoyed that program yet again with Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams and I hope that you have benefited from it inshallah. From myself, Yasmina Peterson, along with the team, I wish you assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.